For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everybody. Welcome back to Manifest with Tori Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and I'm thrilled to be filming this right now because this is a very exciting episode because I have a brand new drink from Starbucks that I'm going to be trying live on the pod. I've never done that before. Um, let me give you a quick background of Starbucks. So not like of the brand, but of my relationship with Starbucks. I personally don't really love Starbucks. I've never been like, I've never understood it when people are like, oh, I'm going to go to like, I need Starbucks. Just not really me. I definitely enjoy my coffees out, but I just feel like I can make my coffee so much better at home. So I like at home coffee more. Nonetheless, I always see people on TikTok, especially like with all these like really fun recipes and Kylie, one of my employees, shout out Kylie, got one before and I tasted it and it was literally just like all sugar and no coffee. So I'm like, is this how all of them taste? So like all those like fun drinks is what I'm talking about. Normally when I go to Starbucks, I like try out new things and I honestly never like them. Um, I always get like either like an iced coffee or a cold brew and you know, they didn't have oat milk until this past week. So I would always get almond milk and I don't know. I just never loved it. The only thing that I really liked there was like their chai teas and their matchas, but their sugar is so high. I actually saw on Instagram today about like how to get um, a nine gram sugar matcha latte, which is really good for them. So anyway, this isn't about calories and sugar and all that. But all I'm saying is like one of their drinks there, like one of their fancy drinks that people are like, I'm just going to go get this drink. It'd be like a 500 calorie drink. And I'm like, I'd rather eat that. (laughs) So then like drink it. So I just like never really got the appeal. It was always like kind of too sweet for me, whatever. Nonetheless, they came out with oat milk. So I got their new 
drink today and I'm thrilled about it. Um, also, that reminds me, I have to talk to you guys about two things. So anyway, I got the iced grande shaken espresso with oat milk and brown sugar something like that. It probably says it on the app what exactly it was. I actually threw away the container because I put it in my cute little glass that I was talking about. Let's see if they have it um, as like a featured drink. Let's see. Featured drinks. Iced. That's not, that's not the one. Iced. Oh my God. The one. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So the iced brown sugar, oat milk, shaken espresso. That's what I got. So it's a splash of oatly oat milk, regular ice, three shots of espresso, and four pumps of brown sugar syrup with the regular cinnamon powder. Um, 120 cal, 13 grams of sugar, three grams of fat. Yeah, see, it's just like the sugar. Like, that's so much sugar. 13 grams of sugar. Anyway, I wanted to try it. So, here I am. ASMR, and I'm going to try it live right now. Let's see if we like it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, this is it. I've never really liked a Starbucks drink, but this is it. Mmm. It's really good. Oh, that's really good. <laughs> a bitch likes it. I'm going to try and make that at home. And I'll keep you guys updated. That's pretty good. It was like $5 or something. It was pretty good. On my app, it says sold out at this location that I just went to. So thank God I went when I did. I guess it's now sold out. It's really, really good. I literally was there five minutes ago. I didn't even try it until I got here. That's how much I wanted to wait. Also, it says shaken espresso. I don't know how shaken it is because when I got it, all my espresso was at the bottom and then my milk was on the top. So I don't know how, what like shaken that really means, but nonetheless, featured non-dairy favorites, pink drink, dragon drink, star drink, iced pineapple matcha. Sounds good. Shaken Oh, iced chocolate almond milk shake and espresso. That sounds good. Let's read that. Let's see. That one has 16 grams of sugar, 110 calories for a grande, three grams of fat. Sounds good. Sounds good. Ooh, honey oat milk latte. Oat milk and Starbucks blonde espresso roast. Espresso roast. Hint of honey. Sounds good. Mmm. Anyway, this isn't like a Starbucks ad. <laughs> um, my bad for if it seems like that. Uh, I just want to tell you guys like my my experience with Starbucks. Confirmed store. Oh, it's not sold out at that store. Anyway. Yeah, that drink's really good. If you hear me sipping throughout the episode. That's what I'm drinking, the drink from Starbucks. And I put it in that cute glass that I talked about last week. Mm. Really good. Yum. All right, let's 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 get to chatting. So I want to give a Netflix rec, recommendation, if you don't know what rec stands for, recommendation. That drink is really good. I just took another sip of it. It's the oat milk. I'm not kidding. Oat milk, like 
really changes everything. It is the superior, in my opinion, of the nut milks. I guess it's not even a nut milk because it comes from an oat. But it's the superior of a non-dairy milk, in my opinion. But it has its time and place. Like, for example, when I make smoothies or chia seed pudding, which I've been making all week, I use almond milk. When I use, when I put milk in oatmeal, I use almond milk. But drinking wise, like in coffees, it's for sure oat milk, by far superior. It's just nice and creamy. Like it really gives you that like creamy, frothy, mm, so good. Chef's kiss. Anyway, oh, I got my nails done yesterday and I love them. I got like a blue marble. I'll put them up on my Instagram on today when you guys are listening so that you guys can go see them. I also have a nail highlight on my Instagram. Anyway, this is about, oh my God, this is boring so far. It's not about coffee or my nails. Anyway, I want to talk about a Netflix recommendation that I have. It's a series. It's six episodes and it's called Behind Her Eyes. You can binge it in one night if you wanted to. Set aside six hours. You can get it done. It is one of the crazier shows I've ever watched. It's right up there with The Undoing. I loved The Undoing and I loved Behind Her Eyes. Now I made Danielle and Kylie also watch Behind Her Eyes. Danielle liked it. Kylie didn't. So um, let me just say this. It's definitely the ending is a plot twist that is so out of left field, you will literally never guess it. And if you do, I don't know how you did. You must have read the script ahead of time. It's something that like you can literally never guess. And I think that's why I loved it because it's a lot like the books that I read where it has like these insane plot twists, but I've been able to see some of these plot twists coming. The only one that I haven't been able to see coming is We Were Liars and the ending of Verity. I did not see coming, but Um, Like the silent patient, I could see that plot twist coming, but behind her eyes, the Netflix movie or a series, I could not at all see it coming. And the ending is so shocking and so twisted and so good. In my opinion, I, I just want to talk about it to everybody. Um, It's really, really good. It definitely keeps you on your toes. It's brilliant. The ending, um, at about the third episode, I was really frustrated because they just kept bringing the storyline in of the development of the main characters. And I was like, okay, clearly there's tension and drama and mystery that we don't know about. And like, I'm ready to start figuring it out. I'm really tired of all this building of this without me knowing. Um, it was just, it was like getting frustrating in the third episode. And then at the end of the third episode, beginning of the fourth, they start to like really unravel things. But if you pay attention, you can find a lot of clues. Like I actually want to go back and rewatch the series and see all of the clues because looking back, there's tons of hints that were dropped throughout, but still like even paying attention, you don't know what you're paying attention to when you're watching it for the first time. So that's why I want to go back and rewatch it. But oh my God, there's so many hints and clues of like how this ends. But all I'm going to say, if you watch it, is pay attention because if you, you know, get distracted, go on your phone, like have a conversation with someone, you, whatever, you could miss really important things or you could just like kind of miss it all together and get disconnected and then the ending will be rather confusing for you. Um, 
But once you know the ending, everything makes so much sense. Oh my God, it's it's just so good. It's one of the best shows I think I've ever watched. That with The Undoing. I also really, I'm just feeling like I just want to watch Pretty Little Liars all over again, like the whole series, but I can't find it anywhere without me having to like pay for it. And I don't really want to pay for it. So if you guys know of anywhere that's like streaming that, let me know. Anyway, um, it's a really, really good series and it's on Netflix. I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, a lot of stuff's being added to Netflix this month and I'm really excited. I just like read the list this morning before I started reading or podcasting and I'm really excited for all the stuff that's coming on this month. Um, it's going to be a good month and I think Netflix is like, I was talking about this the other day. Netflix is really amazing <laughs> and let me explain why because like I feel like when Netflix originals started coming out for me I was like this is weird because Netflix was just like a streaming service at the time and then they started to come out with like movies but it would be like the movies that it would be like awesomeness tv produced movies which are are good but they're not like you know, I wouldn't like go to a movie theater to watch them. I feel like with Netflix, I would go to a movie theater to watch the movies that they're coming out with. Like last week I talked about, I care a lot this week. I'm talking about behind her eyes and like they, like Netflix just, and I talked about Bridgerton, like Netflix just has really, really good originals. So whenever it's a Netflix original, I honestly trust that it's going to be good. And I haven't really been let down yet. Um, there's been a couple that like haven't been my liking and my taste, but they're all like so well produced and directed. Like I really feel like they've completely stepped up their game. And like since the pandemic, I think they realized like, okay, people are at home, like movie theaters aren't really a thing right now. So we're going to, you know, st- I don't know, step it up maybe, but anyway, Netflix is so good lately and, oh, sorry, that's my phone. If you can hear it, Netflix is so good lately and I'm just, I'm loving it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com manifest. 
Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want to sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. So guys, I filmed that intro that you guys literally were just listening to um, a couple hours ago. So I started filming at about like 10.30 a.m. and now it's 1 p.m. Um, so in between all that, I recorded this episode, but I actually hated how it turned out. So I deleted it and I was like, okay, I'm just going to re-record it. Honestly, just because I made the whole thing like way too specific to owning a spin studio rather than just being like an entrepreneur. So um, if you guys want like a spin studio specific episode, I totally got you, but I just ended up re-recording it. Anyway, between this time, I have an update for you guys. So that Starbucks drink that I drank, um, it's gone. It was so good, but you guys, I have been literally glued to the bathroom, if you know what I mean. Um, and I drink coffee almost every day. So there's something going on with this drink. So will I be getting it again? Maybe. It's so good, but 
I'm not feeling too good right now. So what an interesting progression this has been since the beginning of this episode. It's only a couple minutes into it and crazy. It's been a couple hours for me, but only a couple minutes for you. Wild. Anyway, had to tell you guys that crazy update. So drink with caution. I think it's just like the espresso mixed with the sugar because at home I don't mix the two. I use like a sugar-free hazelnut syrup and I use like literally like a teaspoon of it. So I don't know. But anyway, crazy. So let's get on to today's topic. So I'm very excited to chat about today's topic. Like I said a little bit earlier, these are the things to know before becoming your own boss. So let me give you guys a little bit of background on me and then we will dive into it. So um, when I first recorded this, like I said, I made this very specific to me and owning a spin studio. So I'm going to try and generalize this and make it much more broad so that it applies to everyone that's listening to this. So really quickly, just so that we understand my background, um, I started in the YouTube space when I was, I believe I was 14 years old when I started and I was a makeup beauty guru, as I called it. It was before influencer was a term and I was just a one man show. It was me filming um, recording and uploading. And then I eventually signed on with a manager and then it became like my full-time thing while I was still in school. I eventually went to college, dropped out to pursue YouTube full-time, but that was all in hopes of eventually opening up my own spin studio. In 2016, I got really into spin. In 2017, I became a spin instructor. And then at the end of 2017, I left my job as a spin instructor to open up my own fitness studio that I opened up in 2018, which I have a co-owner for one of my locations in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. My studio is called Stride Spin and Fitness. And then in June of 2020, I opened up my second spin studio of Stride. And this is one that just I own. And that is at the Jersey Shore in a town called Sea Isle City, New Jersey. And that is a seasonal business. So it's only open from Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day weekend, which is the summertime. So at that business uh, at Stride, I am a spin instructor, but I'm also the owner of both locations. Like I said, in my Phoenixville location, I have a co-owner. Her name is Jess. And at the Sea Isle City um, which is the New Jersey location. It's just me. And yeah, I'm a spin instructor at both. I'm the owner of both. And yeah, that's pretty much my background. Another thing to note is that my dad was an entrepreneur, is an entrepreneur. So he's always had his own business, run his own business, been his own boss. So it's really just something that I've grown up around. Um, and I think that's kind of why it built me into who I am today. But I have seven tips here that I want to share with you guys of things that I wish I knew before becoming my own boss. And hopefully I can give these to you guys as almost like mentor advice or older sister advice for anyone that wants to venture into the space of becoming your own boss. I think that it's such an amazing thing right now that's happening where so many people, um, I'm 22 years old, so I see so many of uh, people my age and my generation that are going to college and then starting their own business or leaving their nine to five jobs to start their own business or just foregoing college altogether and just creating a startup. And I love to see it. And um, I truly think that there is a job for everybody. And I think that some people really love the nine to five grind. I think that some people really love like the overnight grind. I think that some people really love like the trade grind and some people really love the entrepreneur grind. 
whatever your style is, um, I think whatever you do, do it with passion and do it 150%. Today, we're going to be specifically talking about entrepreneurship and becoming your own boss. And this is really going to be generalized to anyone. So if you want to start a spin studio, if you want to open up an online clothing boutique, you want to start a clothing company, you want to start a cosmetics line, you want to uh, start an Etsy shop, you want to do a tie-dyeing Instagram page, honestly, anything that is going to become your own business, I think that you will find some benefit in this. And these are just a couple of tips that I wish I knew before I started um, my own business. And like I said, Take this with a grain of salt and let's get started. So the first tip that I have is that no matter what you do, it takes work and it takes a lot of work. There's a glamorized lifestyle of working from home and creating your own schedule, but that typically comes years after grinding for hours. That comes after working the 80-hour work weeks to avoid a 40-hour work week. Just because you're the boss or you're in charge or you're the owner isn't an excuse to stop working in the beginning. You have to be, you have, you got to work up to be able to make your own schedule with a successful business at first. You really have to get to a point where your business can kind of stand up on its own two legs before you can kind of, you know, take a step back and adjust your schedule to work on a life that you want rather than doing whatever your business requires. Like for example, when I was first starting with um, stride with my studio, I was, I couldn't really make my own hours of what I wanted to do. It was really whatever the business needed came first. And my personal life came second. That was about two years of constant, whatever the business need comes first. And then after those two years, I was kind of able to take a step back, delegate a lot more, hire a manager and really begin to create my own schedule of my day where my work was no longer the center of my universe, but my life was the center of my universe. But like I said, that was after two years and that was after um, my business grew legs essentially and could stand up on its own two feet. When I say two years, also mind you that the first year of those two years, the business wasn't open yet. So that was like the building blocks of my business, getting it started, getting the lease signed, all that sorts of things. So just because you're the boss, it doesn't mean that you get to step away immediately. You are an employee to your own business. So you really got to put in the work if you want to see success and if you want to see the leg of your business, you got to put in the legwork. Um, and what I mean by this is that your business requires a leader. And as the boss, you are automatically that leader. So whether you have employees or not, you got to lead by example. If it's just you and your one man show, what you do reflects everything that is shown to the public for your business. If you have employees, you got to make sure that they follow a standard that you are setting. Um, and this doesn't just mean that it's going to take work from previous jobs. So I don't mean like building a resume. So if you, you know, let's say I'm going to go back to um, a spin example, but if you're a spin instructor and you have an insane following at 10 different studios and you've been a fitness professional and it's been a full-time thing to become an instructor, your resume has been incredible of being a spin instructor, but now your business is becoming a spin studio owner. So your work is now not what you did on your resume of how great of an instructor you are, but now how great of a business 
owner you are, as a boss that you are. Um, so it takes a lot of time to build your personal business, not just your resume. I see so many people be like, oh yeah, I've been in this space for you know X amount of years, so I really feel like I'm ready for the next step, which is great, and I'm sure that you are. But just because you're ready for the next step doesn't mean that your business has legs. Just because you have an insane resume behind you doesn't mean that your business is ready to be on its own. You got to be an employee of your own business, just like you would expect anyone else to be an employee of your own business. As a matter of fact, you should be the best employee of your business and you should lead the example of what it looks like to be an employee for your own business. Because like I said, and I'm going to keep saying it, it takes work in the beginning. You can't just open up a business and then you know, put your feet up and be like, all right, hard work's done. No, it's literally just beginning. The very first year, everyone says the first year of your business is going to make or break you. And that's so unbelievably true. Another thing that I do want to touch on quickly is that it's not the obvious. And what I mean by this is that a lot of times people will chalk actions up to or chalk success up to the fact that someone is the boss. And that's not the way that you should look at it. It's not because I'm the boss that I'm successful. It's not because you're the boss that you're successful. You got to be the boss because of the work that you put in when no one was watching. What people don't understand that when you're a leader or when you're a boss or when you're an owner, there's a lot of work that no one will ever see. And that's okay. That's honestly how it kind of should be. There's going to be a lot of work that no one's ever going to see, a lot of hours that you're never going to talk about. It's early mornings. It's late nights. It's saying no to parties. It's saying no to hanging out with your friends. It's saying no to social events. It's saying no so that you can say yes to your business. And that takes work. So no matter if you want to start an online boutique, coffee company, um, a, a professional organizing company, whatever it might be, just starting the company is literally like step one. (laughs) And then before step one, it's like sub step A, B, C, D, infinite amounts until you can even get to step one. Um, So just opening or launching or doing anything for your business is amazing and such a huge milestone. But recognize that that's step one. That's the very first thing that you need to do. And then you need to grind and grind and grind and work hard before you can start having that lifestyle that you might be aspiring to have, which is working from home, creating your own schedule, going out to three-hour lunches in the middle of the day if you want to, which you can do all those things. When you're the boss, you have the ability to create this dream life for yourself, and I truly hope you find that, but it comes after years of very hard work. My second tip that I have um, of things you should know before becoming your own boss is that you should not expect to get rich. And this is because when you become an owner, when you become a boss, you are now in charge of the finances. And let's say you're a one-woman show, you're a one-man show, it's just you and no one else. You suddenly have all these expenses that you might have never seen before being on a customer's end or being on an employee end of things. So you'll have all these new expenses that come first before you pay yourself. And if you do have employees and you're not just a one-man show, your employee's payroll is always going to be more important than your own and taking your own salary. Sometimes for some months, it might just be, I hope we break even this month. I hope we can make rent. I hope we can make payroll. I hope we can make our utility payments. Um, I hope we can make our fees for our 
credit card processing, whatever it might be, your goal is now just to keep your business afloat and to keep money in there for emergencies, to keep the valuation high, whatever it might be. Your main focus is now your business and not your personal paycheck. If there's any problems in your business, your salary, your paycheck is always going to be the first to go. And that's okay because when you love what you do, when you're so passionate about your business, as an entrepreneur, you will do anything to keep your business successful. You'll do anything to keep your business thriving and it won't feel like a personal hit. Now, let me take this to a personal example. When the pandemic hit, my salary was the first to go. Um, and it, you know, it was hard to not have that money, but it wasn't a second thought in my mind. It was something that was just, of course, my salary is going to go away. Like why, why would I be getting paid during this? Like the business needs the money more than I do. And I'm so grateful that I had YouTube because that was my only source of income at the time was my YouTube AdSense money. Um, I don't, I wasn't making money off this podcast at the time, so it was honestly my only revenue. I wasn't able to get unemployment. That's because I was an owner, but I was still technically working for my business. I applied and I got denied from unemployment. So I tried and I wasn't able to. So it was literally like I wasn't getting paid for seven months. And I'm lucky that I'm able to now begin to take um, a salary once again. It's much smaller. Well, I shouldn't say much smaller, but it's definitely not what I used to make. Um, And that's, again, perfectly fine because I'm not in this for the paycheck. I'm not in it to get rich. I'm not in it for any financial reasons other than I love what I do. I love my life. I love that I get to make my own schedule. I love the people that I meet. I love the community that I have. I love teaching. I love everything that I do. And that for me is enough. That's something that is priceless that a paycheck can't pay. So if you're starting your own business to get rich, I highly suggest to reevaluate your mindset because odds are you won't get rich from your own business. And of course, we always hear the success stories of, oh, I sold my business for $250 million or, oh, I sold my business for you know $5 million. That's great. And I hope you do get success from your business. I truly, truly do. I hope you're able to pay your bills. I hope you're able to take your own salary, but don't get caught up in the paycheck of your own business. If you're even able to turn a profit, you have to celebrate that. That's a huge milestone. If you're able to take a salary, if you're able to pay yourself at all and owners draw any sort of contribution towards yourself, that's a huge celebration that you should really celebrate um, for your business. It's a great milestone. And I truly hope that you get some financial compensation for all the time and effort that you put into your business. But don't expect to get rich out. Don't expect to get rich off of it. Don't expect for this to be a cash cow um, because odds are it won't be a cash cow. And if it is, that's amazing. I truly hope it is. But don't let that be the only reason that you start your business. My third tip is that you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 14, for example. I have a whole episode on comparison um, that I highly recommend you guys listen to. It's pretty much about trusting the universe's path and why comparison will literally get you nowhere. It's very easy to compare, especially to other businesses that have a similar business model as you or that are in the same industry as you. For example, if you are starting an online boutique and you're constantly looking to Fashion Nova or Princess Polly and you're seeing how these online boutiques are you know, uh, presumably making a killing online and having influencers post about them all the time and they have this huge online selection, 
Do We Know How They Were When They First Started Out? A really good book for any entrepreneur to read is um, Girl Boss by, oh, no, I forget her name. Let me look it up. Sophia, Girl Boss by so- Sophia Amoruso. She started Nasty Gal. Great, great book to read. I listened to it when I was in college. Every single day, I would listen to that book on audiobook. Such an incredible book. But she really talks about how she started her online boutique. And I just highly encourage you guys to not compare your chapter one to somebody else's online boutique or to somebody else's chapter 49 because their chapter one could look very similar to how yours look. We're comparing a startup business to how maybe even some other businesses started up. But what you forget to remember is their background, how long they've been in this industry, how how many connections they have. But even so, it doesn't matter because your business is not theirs. You're entering this industry because mostly because of one of two things. One, because you're extremely passionate about it, or two, because the industry is lacking a space that you are looking to fill. So if you are coming in to fill in a gap in the industry, you gotta be original with it. You have to own your shit. You have to own your business and stand behind it. Be like, you know what? I know that this is something that might be niche, but it's something that doesn't exist and I'm going to give it, I'm gonna fill in this gap in this industry right now. So even if your idea isn't wildly popular in the beginning, You have to trust it. You have to stand by it. You have to be confident. Let's talk about makeup lines, for example, because I can give you an example. Glossier, when they first started out, now this is just from what I've seen from personal um, uh, observation. When Glossier entered the scene, they entered in an era of makeup that was very heavy. It was very bake, contour, Cream contour, powder contour, winged liners, fake lashes, overdraw the lips, like very, very heavy makeup. Like 2014 to like 2016 era was very heavy makeup for like the beauty gurus and like what we were seeing all the time. And it was awesome. It was a really fun trend. And like, I would say that like cover effects and like NARS and even Too Faced was like dominating the makeup scene at that point because it was so relevant at that time. It was the heavy makeup, the dramatic makeup, the full glam, full beat. That was like the makeup back then. I remember Glossier started coming out with like products that were very natural, like the off-duty makeup brand. And I remember when their products first started coming out, I was like, this is like definitely not what's up with makeup right now. Like this is definitely not the direction that the makeup industry is in. Well, fast forward five years, here we are. And the off-duty makeup look is very in right now. Glossier is exploding. Milk makeup is exploding. And it's because they entered a niche niche market in the makeup industry that has now blown up. So even if cover effects came out the gate running, sprinting even, and let's say milk makeup came out with a slow walk, they are now double lapping cover effects. I don't know if they actually are like financially or anything like that. But what I'm saying is you have to enter the space knowing that you're filling a gap or having such a passion to it that your passion outshines any other competitor's 
makeup line or any other competitor's Etsy shop, whatever it might be that you're entering, you got to own it, you got to love it, and you got to stand by it. You got to defend it. Even if you're comparing your own business to someone else's in the exact same industry, your business is not theirs and their business is not yours. You are entering the space to be unique, to be original, and to contribute something new. Okay? You don't want to replicate. What what if I came out with a makeup line that was just like Urban Decay? Exactly. Like, why would you buy mine when Urban Decay already exists? What if I came out with a clothing line that was just like Lululemon? Why would I do that? Lululemon already exists. I want to come out with something that is brand new, that's innovative, and that fills a gap in the market. That's why I think you should never compare your business, regardless of how similar it is to another, whether it's in the same industry or not. Their opening day their launch day could be completely different than your opening day, than your launch day. It could be wildly successful. And then two years from down the line, it trickles off into nothing and no one remembers that brand. It could be slow right off the gate. And then in five years, you blow up. Think of Peloton, for example. When Peloton first went public, they were not doing well. Like They went public in hopes to get better. And then the pandemic hit. And now they are wildly successful. It took, what, 10 years for Peloton to like completely take off. They were in this industry for a very, very long time. And now they're just completely exploding. So you have to trust your business and stick with it and understand that if right now isn't your time, trust that the business will come. Just in the meantime, you have to do everything that you can to make your business the absolute best. That's not an excuse for you to be like, okay, well, the universe has a different path for me. I'm going to kick up my feet and just watch it. No, no, no. You have to put passion into it. You have to put work into it. You have to put money into it. You have to put blood, sweat, and tears into your business if you want to see it be successful. So comparing your business to someone else's is literally going to get you nowhere. Other then manifesting for that business to thrive and to be successful. Focus on your own business. Put your own thoughts into reality of a successful business for you. Stop comparing because it literally doesn't matter. This is your business, your space that you're filling, and your passion that you're bringing to the market. tip that I wish someone told me is to just go along with the flow of the roller coaster that is owning your own business. There are going to be some days where you want to cry, break down, scream, rip your hair out and walk away forever and move to Australia and change your name and pretend like you never even did this. There are also going to be days where you are on the biggest high of your lifetime. You feel like you're never going to get down from it. And there's also going to be some days where you have literally no work to do and you're going to be bored out of your mind. That is a roller coaster of owning a business and there's beauty in all of them. There's beauty in the madness. There's beauty in the days where you literally want to quit because those days build you. Those days are the ones that you need to experience so that when you have those high days, 
they are so much sweeter. The sun is so much brighter when you're above that storm, right? You can have the same perspective during a storm. If you're below the clouds, it's stormy, it's rainy, it's shitty. Those are your bad days. When you're in the middle of the storm, you're in the clouds, it's blah, it's okay. We're just kind of floating through it right now. There's no rain, there's no sun, we're just in the clouds. When you're above that storm, remember it's the same storm, it's just a different perspective. Now we're above those clouds, it's sunshine, it's bright, it's high you are going to have all three moods. Sometimes they could all be in the same day. That's for sure happened. Definitely in the same week. Your business is going to be unpredictable some days and you have to learn to go with the flow. So while you're gonna be a structured businessman, businesswoman, maybe very type A, you're also gonna have to learn that your plan isn't always going to work and you have to learn to go with the flow of things. Learn to adjust that your business is going to be a roller coaster of emotions, but sink into these emotions and learn that every single emotion is going to be teaching you a valuable lesson to be a better boss, to be a better owner, to be a better example for your staff. All these sorts of things, are so valuable to learn while you own a business. So on the days when you have nothing to do, embrace it, enjoy it, don't feel guilty. Realize that you get to have the benefits of working hard on days like this where you have nothing to do, where you get to have the day off unexpectedly on a Wednesday in the middle of the week. On days that you're drowning in work, love it because that's your passion. That's what you've wanted to do. Think about it. You're doing something so amazing and something that is so fulfilling and it's for your own business. How amazing is that? And on the days that you have the highest of highs, how amazing is that? You got to get yourself to this point of being so euphorically happy through a business that you created. It's just, it's incredible, but you are absolutely going to have days where you want to quit and walk away. You're also going to have days where you can't even believe you ever had that thought. So on your lowest of days, please remember that it is temporary. It doesn't last forever. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. And remember that on your highest of days, remember that feeling. When you are at such a high, I want you to literally pause and say to yourself, I'm going to remember this feeling and treasure it for the days that I need it most. That feeling is going to carry you through the days that seem really hard. That feeling is going to carry you through the days that might seem boring and mundane. It's a part of life. It's a part of owning a business. It can't all be sunshine and rainbows and butterflies and unicorns. It can't be. As much as we want it to be, it can't be. But every day when you own your business is going to be a blessing that teaches you something new every single day. The fifth tip kind of goes along with what I just said, and it's that you have to be flexible while holding your ground. Let me explain this. So as a business, you are going to have a business model or a business plan, a business structure, whatever you want to call it. So let me take this to a personal level. For example, when Stride was opening, we wanted to deliver our clients the best workout through a welcoming community. Throughout the years, and especially with the pandemic, our workouts have definitely changed as our clients progressed and got stronger, but our moral principles have stayed the same. Let me give you an example of a really good brand that does this, and that's Lululemon. So Lululemon was built off of a, pretty much they're built off like these morals and goals. So when you start, I've never worked there, but I've had multiple friends that have, when you start working there, you pretty much fill out, like you can Google it, but like you fill out like these, this sheet of milestones and goals, and they really hold you accountable to your goals, to your milestones. And that's what their core values are. Their core principles are based on these values that they put their employees through. They started selling yoga pants and, you know, as they listened to their customers, they started to grow more, um, apparel. And that's what I'm kind of getting at is that your 
customers and clients are going to be the ones that pay your bills because they're the ones that are buying products or service from you. They're going to be the ones that tell you what the market wants. They're the ones that you got to start listening to. Let's take this back to the makeup example because I think most of us can kind of like relate to that as customers. So let's say that you want to start a makeup company that is cruelty-free and made from only organic aloe plants. Okay, I just made that up. Let's say that's what you want. Your favorite thing to make is blush, and you entered the space because you wanted to make a cruelty-free, vegan, organic blush from an aloe plant. But you also released a faux freckle pen. Let's say your customers are constantly selling out your faux freckle pen, you got to listen to your customers. Clearly, that's what they want. Start listening without changing your core principles. So just because the market wants one thing doesn't mean you have to rewrite your whole business for the market. It means that you stick to your values, but give the market what they want. So let's say now you just make your faux freckle pen, but with aloe plant this time instead of the blush that you really enjoy making. For Stride, um, our best-selling class is a spin class, which is great because that's what I love teaching. It's kind of like what we build the studio around. But if our best-selling class was Pilates, for example, we would most likely change up our business model to accommodate our clients that really want the Pilates class while still remaining our core value of giving clients an amazing workout through a community. Do you see what I'm saying? So, and I also think that of course the pandemic taught us so much that you can't, you have to be flexible. You know, you can't just like sit back when the world goes to shit and be like, oh yeah, like, no, it'll come back. No, no, no. You have to be able to be flexible while staying to your core values. If you're opening up an online clothing boutique and you know you want your colors to be blue, yellow, and brown, for example, <laughs> like that's like your tone of like colors that you want to sell, and you find that most people are buying the earth tone browns, you're probably going to up your inventory of the earth tone browns while still remaining true to your business model that you opened up with. Maybe that was a bad example. But what I'm trying to get at here is that you need to listen to the demand of your market, but you also need to be flexible while holding ground of your core values. Don't become a sellout just because that's what people want to see. Don't become a sellout just because that's what people want to hear. Remember, you're filling a gap in the market. So hold your ground. The clients will come, but listen to what the market's saying. If you're a hand sanitizer company and you're releasing all these hand sanitizers and the lavender scented hand sanitizer is selling out all the time, great. Make more, listen to the customers, but don't change up your formula because, uh, I don't know, don't change up the formula. That's, uh, it, it, I don't, I don't know that it kills 99.8. I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying. Hold your ground, but listen to the market and the demand. My sixth tip is a little personal, but it's something that I wanted to include in this episode. And it's that if you are young and you own a business, it can be lonely. Now, I don't say this to scare you away. Maybe that sounds amazing. Maybe you're like an introvert. You're like, ah, oh, yes, I just want to be lonely. Whatever it might be, I don't say this to scare you or to intimidate you. If anything, it can definitely be a good thing. But not only do people your own age not really understand you, so you'll eventually kind of just gravitate towards people that are a little bit older, that are maybe more in the same line, um, a same headspace than you with a like-minded mentality. However, with that, typically they're going to be a little bit older, so they might have kids or a husband or a lifestyle that you just can't relate to. So it does get a little lonely at times. Now, this is talking about being 
a boss when you're young, but you can definitely run into this problem. You know, if you're even a little bit older and you are your own boss, because maybe other people have like a secure nine to five and they don't really understand whatever it might be. It can be lonely. However, it's extremely rewarding because it to me has shown me who my true friends are. It's gotten my circle so small, but it's with people that make me feel normal for lack of a better term. It's pointed me into the direction of like-minded people. And it's, for me, it's always been about quality and not quantity. So while this is something that can definitely be kind of sad at times, it's something that I think is important to mention and just puts you on the path of meeting the people that you're supposed to meet when you're living your truth and living your life how you should be. So just know this before becoming your own boss that it's not a popularity contest. Not everyone's always going to like the boss. Not everyone's always going to like how you run your business and how you manage your employees if you have any. It's not always, it's not about being popular when you're a leader. It's about becoming a good leader. And that can definitely cost you some friendships over the years, but it's going to make your circle small with people that actually want to be there rather than people that that don't belong there, I should say. Maybe they're in your circle, but they're not in your corner. You want people that are in your circle and in your corner at all times. And honestly, owning my own business has definitely given me those people, which is something that I had to learn the hard way, but I'm really grateful that I did. The very last tip that I want to give you is definitely more towards my um, boss and own my bosses and owners that have employees. This is something that I still struggle with, but I just wanted to bring it up because it's something again, kind of that I've had to learn the hard way throughout the years. And like I said, I struggle with it because I love my whole team and I just want to be friends with my whole team. But you have to create a boundary between your work life and your personal life. And some things will definitely overlap. And you'll, of course, make friends with your employees. You'll make friends with clients. You'll make friends with customers. You'll make friends with investors. You'll make friends with vendors. Whatever it might be, of course, you're going to make friends throughout the process. But just because you're close in proximity with them when you work um, and you see these people every day maybe, they, that doesn't mean that they have to be your best friend. This doesn't even mean that they have to be your friend. This goes without saying, but of course you need to be kind and respectful and friendly to everyone that you work with. But you also need to establish that boundary of boss and employee. Like I said, this is something I really struggle with because I love everyone that I work with. And I think everyone I work with is incredible and they're amazing at what they do. And because they support my dreams so much, how can I not want to be friends with them? How can I not want to have so much love towards them? And I do have that. So I have so much love towards them because they support my dream. But that doesn't mean that I have to be their best friend. Once I kind of muddy that line. It it gets difficult to then be a boss. It gets difficult to make decisions without having the water muddied. And again, it's something that I've had to learn the hard way, but it's definitely an important lesson to learn. So it's just, it's the creating the boundary. It's not answering emails past 9 p.m. If you know that, you know, you don't want to be like attached to your work when you're going to sleep last thing before you go to bed or the first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning. It's allowing yourself to have a life even through the grind, even through all the hard work that you put in. It's just establishing a boundary to where your life is the center of the universe rather than your work being the center of your universe. And while I'm very close to some of the people that I work with, 
I do try my absolute best to always create some sort of boundary and to maintain a boss employee relationship. While it definitely gets hard at times, like I said, because I love everybody, um, it's definitely an important one. And it's one that I'm still learning and I'm reading a lot of books about it. I listen to a lot of podcasts about it. Um, It's been tricky for sure. That's probably been the hardest thing for me. Um, But like I said, I'm learning every day and I just think it's something so valuable to maintain a boss employee relationship or to just create a boundary and abide by that boundary. Just because someone emails you at 1am doesn't mean that you have to answer at 1am. It's not a game. It's not a competition. It's not a who's working harder moment. It's a maintaining a boundary so that you can close your laptop and walk away from work and realize that the world will still turn, that the world won't implode, that a meteor won't hit this earth, um, that you know, your business won't go up in flames. Everything will be okay if you walk away from your laptop. Everything will be okay if you say no to maybe one of your employees' birthday dinners or, you know, what am I, like in a respectful way, whatever it might be, you're allowed to say no if you feel like it's going to cross a boundary that you don't want to cross because it'll muddy the waters. It gets hard, but you're allowed to do that. And while it's like, you're allowed to do that. Um, and it's, it's a hard lesson to learn guys. It's one that I'm still learning every day, but I wanted to include it in here while I'm not perfect at this. I do think it's important and I'm still learning every single day. Guys, those are my seven tips of things to know before becoming your own boss. Like I said, this is something that I wish I knew before. And even with that being said, had I known all these things before, I would still be doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. I absolutely love my life. I love my job. I am so beyond grateful that I get to wake up every single day and run two incredible spin studios. It is a dream come true. And I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of this manifest community. I'm proud of all of my employees. I'm proud of my co-owners, my managers. I'm just so proud of everyone that has taken a leap of faith in the startup that was Stride. I'm so proud of all of you guys listening to this that are entrepreneurs. I'm just so proud of anyone that has trusted their gut and believed in someone that has also taken that scary leap of faith. Um, It's really just incredible. And I'm so blessed to be living this life every single day. And I want to thank you guys so much. So I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Enjoy this Monday. Let this week be very pivotal for you. Let this week be something that you will remember. I hope you guys have the best day of your life because you deserve to have the best day of your life. And I'll talk to you guys next Monday. Happy Manifest Monday, guys. I love you. Bye.